Giving up the round ball rock. Yes, giving up the round ball rock. Even though this is the best song ever for yeah. the NBA round ball rock song right here. <laughs> Actually, I've heard a live version of this. With John Tesh. Yes. Yes, I have. The Wait John a minute. Tesh. You've heard it or you were there live? Uh, I've, I've heard it. I, found, I, found, I discovered it on YouTube. I think mm-hmm. it's all. I think it might also be in Apple Music as well. So Yes, it is. And then Nelly did a remake of this song as Heart well. Heart of a Champion. Yes, exactly. I have that in my rotation as well. Oh, you well. do? Because you know Frank Vashner is a PA announcer, so I'm sure he has that Nelly in his rotation. But John Tesh does get down on the piano on this on this song yeah. in the live version that I've seen. But congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They beat the Golden State Warriors, who were a shell of themselves. Uh, basically, Clay Thompson was out at the end of the third quarter. I think if he would have played in the fourth quarter, I think this would be a game seven. I had no dog in the fight. I really just wanted it to go seven games. I thought it was a pretty interesting series. Uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, is another champ. Second, third player in NBA history to win NBA Finals MVP with two different teams. Yeah, joining LeBron James. Right, and the ultimate GOAT. Who else? Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Quite. It's just when you're that good, you just go by one name, Jabbar. <laughs> yep. David, what do you think? And I hope you're not like Skip Bayless and going to try to hate on him and, and call him number two and say that this is tainted and all other silliness. No, and I think what we talked about the series a couple of weeks ago, we knew that it was going to go at least six. Now, granted, we didn't no, think didn't. that injuries-wise, it was going to like collapse and it was going to be Steph Curry at the end kind of with the game-winning shot and literally just Steph Curry by himself. But I think you saw kind of the team ball of Toronto kind of taking place and taking advantage. And, and in late games and in late game situations, both in that game five and in game six, really, you saw the role players when Kawhi, wasn't his, you know, thirty-five to fifteen self. Whatever we said on this show, whatever we said on this show, when you get deep in the playoffs, yes, you got to have superstars. But at the end of the day, a lot of times it's the role players that step up that are the key to getting you that that victory. And well, it, it just wasn't for the Warriors. I mean, they really didn't have any players. I mean, it, that that's what sucked. Yeah, and I mean, Kyle Lowry stepped up. You know, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, but yeah, kind of. Well, the guy that stepped up was actually Van Fleet. I mean, Hubie Brown voted him to be Finals MVP, and people laughed at him on Twitter. Yeah, and I think part of it is kind of like who is this Fred Van Vliet guy? Like he's a if you try to name Toronto Raptors, he's probably like fifth or sixth. We went to Wichita State. Yeah, he and he wasn't even that highly touted coming out of high school. He was in the G League. Yeah, he, he he was never he was never he left for the NBA early. Never got drafted. Came, signed on with Raptors nine oh five. Won a championship with them. Yep, and now he's an NBA champion. Wow, and I mean that that was the missing piece, huh? Fred Van Fleet. Well, and then his son being born. I think before his son was born, he was averaging four points a game. He bumped it up ten points after the son was born. Fred Junior, I believe. But yeah, it just goes to show you kind of that role player kind of being an integral part to team basketball, championship basketball. I know a lot of people are kind of trying to make comparisons to create one superstar, but kind of role player's team and how this is kind of similar to Detroit. 
and when they won. Mm. But, but at least, like, with Kawhi being that X-Packer, you know, it's been said throughout the series finals, they don't get here if it's Tamar DeRozan. No. LeBron James mm. being here, being in the Western Conference or not. Like, they don't get past. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If, they if, don't have if, a Giannis stopper. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, if LeBron James was probably still in the East, you can't say that that's a guarantee that LeBronto, as they were calling it sillyly last year, that he would stop them. I think with Kawhi Leonard, uh, that, 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 that was the X factor that needed to put them over the hump. So even if LeBron was in the East, I kind of think Toronto would have had an opportunity to beat Cleveland. So I think Cleveland would have been in the same boat with with Golden State, they probably would have had injuries. And plus, think about it: last year's Cleveland team was pretty trash. Yeah, like, was, the role players were just straight. Dude. It was Le- it was LeBron and basically a bunch of guys off the street. Right. Well, Kyrie was good, but you know Kevin Love and, uh, and was but, in and out. And he, and here's the thing too: uh, who and uh, taking a shot, Skip Bayless for saying this is tainted. And anyone else that says, "Oh, there should be an asterisk next to it because Kevin Durant and." died and Clay Thompson got hurt. Okay. For all you Warriors fans, if you're going to use that logic, then put an asterisk next to your 2015 championship. Kyrie Irving died during that series. Kevin Love never even played. There shouldn't be, really, to be honest with you, I'm going to have take a different look at this. Not an asterisk. It should actually be commended and applaud, applauded for the Raptors for winning. Because think about it. What if they would have lost? They would have looked silly. Like, man, you can't even beat the Warriors, and they're pretty much put together with tape glue in a wheelchair. Yeah. And they actually came out and won. I mean, the injuries is part of the game here, especially getting this late in the season, especially in the late of a team that's been to five straight finals. And I would be concerned if the Raptors couldn't have beaten Golden State without Durant or Klay Thompson if this game would have went to a Game 7. You would have been looking at them like, what? You did all that hard work. You beat some teams that were a little bit more competitive than the Warriors, obviously, injury injury riddled, and you couldn't win. But they actually did what they had to do. They, they beat the team that was in front of them. You can't put an asterisk in front of it. And let's face it, two or three years down the line, nobody's going to remember that the Warriors were totally injured. I mean, that's just like when the Bulls won their first championship. People were like, well, Worthy and and, and Byron Scott were injured in that series, and and they were older. Well, you know what? Too bad, because to be honest with you. Well, didn't you once say that uh, James Worthy wasn't really big game James anymore at that point? Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't. Well, there's another reason why he got that nickname, Big Game James. And I don't know if it's really on the court. <laughs> it's more off the court. But, yeah. But, yeah, if you if you watch Jane Worthy's career, usually, it, really, to be honest with you, after 1990, I mean, the Lakers really were looking like they were going to be rebuilding. That was a year they actually upset the uh, Portland Trailblazers in the Western Conference Finals, which were actually a little bit more talented team. And that was the Portland Trailblazers team that had gotten to the finals in 90. And lost to the bad boys. Yes. And then in 91, people thought, okay, you got your losses, one of the best teams in the West. And I believe Magic and the Lakers beat them in six or seven games. I'm not quite sure on that one. But it was a surprise that the Lakers had actually beat them. And then in the next series, uh, Byron Scott, I believe, had a hamstring situation. Worthy was out. Vlade Divac was very young. Yeah. Um, And also Eldon Campbell was young. But it, it it was 
lined up for the Bulls to win. I mean, that's just how it works. I yeah. Mean, and then the Bulls went on to win two more straight and, and have a three-peat. So, I mean, it, I that, think it, it really wasn't go, really a fluke. It really goes to show that sometimes you're going to get breaks that will go your way. Hey, in the NBA playoffs, I mean, heck, I can I can reference a few of them with the bad boys. I mean, hey, the ball getting thrown right to Larry Bird on the inbounds in 87, or mm-hmm. the phantom foul called in the finals in 88. Pistons should have had that one. Well, also you got to remember uh, Isaiah Thomas sprained his ankle. Yeah. Too. Well, he still, still scored, scored 25. 25 in the third quarter. Right. And you can also you can I mean I'll even point to and some people who, uh, the biggest the one of the some bigger people b- say in '89 the Lakers were were going for that three peat and they were injured. Remember there was a lot of guys going down with injuries when the Lakers back in '89 was playing the Pistons. And some people think if they were healthy they could have yeah. got that actual three peat against them. And look, you could probably even reference 2005 when Rasheed Wallace decides to leave Big Shot Bob wide open. That game, that series still went to seven, though. Yeah, I that, that one, I'm sorry, that one, that one, that's just one that still traumatizes me. Fourteen years later, <laughs> yeah, I I think there was other losses of those of that Pistons era. That they, I think that era there, they got to seven straight Eastern Conference Finals. I think that team should have at least won two more championships, at least. Well, oh five, they should have had. And they could have been back to back and really solidified them and took away one from the the Spurs. But the Spurs were able to win. And by the way, Tony Parker retired this week. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, not old, but. Hey, hey, Tony Parker's not that old. (laughs) But, but David, how do you how did you feel about this series? I thought it was great storyline. Unfortunately. I didn't like the storyline of the blame game. I mean, yeah. Kevin Durant's Achilles was going to pop no matter. I really think he had an Achilles injury before he went out there. I think maybe it might have been partially torn the way it was being iced and where he was actually yeah. in the general location grabbing him, grabbing the injury. But he wanted to go out there and be a warrior, and it popped. But eventually it was going to pop. If it's going to pop, it's going to go, just like an ACL injury. If it's going to go, it's yeah. going to go. Because when I, when I saw that he was going to play, I'm thinking, okay, well— and they said he had no restrictions. I'm like, well, okay, this is really going to be interesting. They showed him jumping around, dancing pregame, no issues. Then I saw him go to the bench, and he was getting it wrapped. I'm starting to think, oh, boy, this is not good. And next thing I know, I see him laying down. He's down on the floor or getting helped up. And I later saw another angle of it where I saw something in his leg pop, and I'm like, oh, boy, that is not good. Yeah, and I think the conversation that's taking place kind of throughout the week is kind of, like, I understand kind of ownership and coaches kind of taking responsibility. But in those situations, players are going to want to play nine times out of ten if doctors say, hey, you're good to go. If everyone says, hey, you're good to go, players are going to be like, all right, I'm good to go. They may be a little, you know, banged up, but it's June. And if you're coming off an injury, you know the risk. But I think as a competitor and a player, like I don't have any problem with him going out. And I think it's unfair to just kind of shift blame onto the medical staff, on the head coach, and saying, oh, you guys threw him out there, and now he's going to be out even longer. Like Kevin Durant could have said, yeah, I'm not good. So if he thought he was good enough to go out there, if he thought he was good enough to go out and help his team, 
And again, it's not as though they got blown out. It was one point game leading up to that last possession with Steph Curry with the ball in his hand. Well, they needed all of Durant's 11 points, or <laughs> it would have been over yeah. in game five, and Toronto would have been, you know, celebrating in the six with, with Drizzy. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a great series. I thought it was going to be competitive throughout. I wasn't fully expecting kind of all the injuries and stuff, which you can kind of say took away from it. But, again, that's the game of basketball. It's unfortunate that it happened in the NBA Finals, all these injuries, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. And so now ah, here Toronto we go. David, are you now David? Like are, you Dave, leave, are you David Green now? The way the cookie crumbles. Draymond Green said that in a presser. Yeah, but spe- speaking of Draymond, I noticed he got a lot of Chris Webber comparisons. Oh, the timeout. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought actually that- a lot of young people don't know that I'm actually coaching a young basketball team, and we didn't have any timeouts on Monday night. I said, "Don't pull a Chris Webber," and they said, "We don't know who that is." So, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> and then you I, left the floor. And well, here's like, the, I can't do this anymore. Well, I guess I guess what I I ended up stumbling across was that actually was. Not as boneheaded as Chris Weber's decision because that that place the game was tied, and then in this in this instance, I think he ha- had to do it just to give him a small sliver of hope. Well, he was about to dive over the half court line and get a back court violation, so naturally he wanted to call a timeout. I mean, even you're right though; they were trying to give a sliver of hope, but it just no hope. And then the Raptors closed down Oracle for the last time. Yep. Is Draymond this is the crazy over- thing about it because that's going to be the lasting memory of kind of basketball in Oakland, California. Oakland, like California. Up, hey. bruised, yeah. kind of barely making it out of the arena. Or similar, you know, the slogan for Oakland, California. Right. You, know, you may not make it out of here in one piece. Uh, is is Draymond overrated? I was listening to a local sports show, and this guy is pounding the horn that. Draymond is overrated. I think he does his role very well. Yeah. Is he a superstar? No. Is he an all-star? Yes. I don't really think he's overrated. And I think I sometimes either. he's really key. And with the Warriors, he's been really a key cog in how the Warriors are su- success. Exactly. But I think. But here's. Yeah. I don't understand sorry. where that would have come from. I mean, overrated how? I mean, he gets triple doubles. It may not be like you know the fifteen. 20 or 20 like the Russell Westbrook double double or triple doubles, but he does what he needs to do. He facilitates the offense. He's an integral part. I think if they lose him, if they, he doesn't get the super max after next season, that'll probably affect the team in a significant way that a lot of people are not thinking about. But yeah. He's not overrated. Well, kind of speaking of next season, David, I, I had indicated that regardless of what happened, this was probably going to be, the end of the dynasty because now, well, now that Durant is hurt, he's probably not going to play at all next year, and they're saying Clay Thompson probably won't play at all next year. Where do the Warriors go in terms of free agency? Do they? I th- I mean I think Thompson does get re-signed. Durant I think is I'm not really sure. I keep hearing he could end up going to New York, maybe even go to Brooklyn as well. Well, I'm not saying what I heard is gospel, but I think that next year the war. I don't. There's no. There's no way the Warriors end up up 
winning the championship. Why not? I mean, because all they'll have, really have is Steph Curry and Draymond. They say they don't need Kevin Durant. That that is such a hot take. Because <laughs> I mean, look, it, in the I mean, in the finals with KD, they yeah. were eight and one. Look it up. Without him, not good. They still won a championship, though. They still got the Larry O'Brien raised above their head. I mean, yeah, they did. I mean, I mean, it's not really a hot take. I mean, it's more of a reality check. They did win one without KD. Now, was it a little harder? Yes. Is it easier to win with KD? Yes. But you can, you still can say that without Easy Money Sniper, which is his tag on IG, that they did win a title. They also lost one, too. They also threw one away. Yeah. And, I mean, this year they win six six games against arguably one of the better teams in the league this entire season. And that's with everyone hurt, boogie hurt, Iggy getting injured, Steph went out for a little bit. It's like they still win six games, and all those games outside the first one were relatively close, one or two possessions until the end. Yeah. So, but the odds are that the Lakers can win the championship. I think and they I better think, get a big free agent or somebody. There better be some move now well, with that, this roster. I'm starting to think they Vegas might know something that could be going on. I just think they want you to put your chips in and start betting. Because I don't know. This is this is ridiculous. How are the Lakers who didn't make the playoffs? The odds on favorite to win the chip next year. I know the LeBron factor. But I think they're probably. I think they're expecting Anthony Davis to end up there as well, but I I can't see it happening because I know David will agree with me that Jeannie Buss is one of the worst owners in the NBA and belongs at the same table as Tom Gores, James Dolan, Vivek Ranadive, Robert Sarver, Ted Leonsis. Why Tom Gore? He's the owner of the Pistons. Is he back? Here we go. This Detroit hot take. Tom Gores thinks that the team is championship material when they're not. He thinks they got two superstars in Harz when really Blake Griffin, I think this is the last time that he's gonna play at least seventy games. And Andre and I'm sorry, Andre Drummond is not a superstar. All star. Yeah, because yeah, according to Gores, because he gets double doubles. I mean, he is an all-star. Well, let's put that out there. He is an all-star, not a superstar. You're right. But, I mean, they should be formidable. Uh, they're going to have to change that backcourt, though. I think the Reggie Jackson experiment is done with that one. But going back now to uh, the Raptors, what did you guys think of this last year? I think it was maybe at this point. Yeah, actually, a little bit before this point. You fire the coach of the year get rid of their all-time leading score, and people are going, you got rid of him, a fan favorite, all-time leading score for a possible rental player, and and they win a championship. How much balls does it take for Masiri? It, it takes a lot for Masai Ujiri to pull that off. Ujiri. But what were you thinking last year when it happened? You probably weren't thinking that's a lot of balls to take that off. You probably were thinking to yourself, what an idiot. I mean, I didn't think... I didn't think that Ujiri was an idiot for making that happen. I th- I'm thinking, okay, the Raptors had to do something to shake the tree. 
You know, yeah, but you just don't shake the tree just to shake the tree. But I mean, that was that wasn't just to shake the tree to shake the tree. It's like, it's like, hey, we're not gonna done on this way. We're gonna we gotta do something. We gotta do something different. I mean, it, I hate to make a hockey reference, but it goes back to what I saw in the Russian Five. The Red Wings get to the Cup final in '95, get swept by the Devils. That's true. And they're thinking, okay, what are, what are we gonna do to say, yo, you can't change too much? Or can you? And Scotty Bowman went to Jimmy Devilano and said, uh, hey, the, I got a chance to go get Igor Larionov from San Jose. And, of course, Larionov was considered a superstar in the NHL. He was aging. He was 36 years old, but probably one of the best passers and scorers in the league. One of the smartest guys, too. And they say, hey, we'll trade him Ray Shepard, who was leading the league in goal scored. He was scoring 40, sometimes 50 goals. And I was like, oh, we can't give up Ray Shepard. like, yeah, but we haven't won Jack with him, so we got to make it happen. And at first the move was deemed controversial. It's like, you gave up, up a 50-goal scorer for somebody who's 36 years old, father times catch it up with, how's that going to pay off? Well... They ended up going to... Well, the cup two years later. Yeah, they got a cup two years later. Because the Avalanche won in 96. Yeah. So, I mean, but really, that was really the first move that needed, that kind of put them on the path towards towards winning a cup. A key piece. Yes, it was. But this right here is, let's face it. I mean, look. If if Kawhi Leonard is out there on the table... And you're trading him for DeMar DeRozan. That's a total upgrade. I mean, that's exactly. like, you got to take that trade. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, nice player, okay, all star. But then Kawhi Leonard over here, a finals MVP, probably the best player on the, the Spurs the last three or four seasons. I'm taking Kawhi. Exactly. The only thing I was controversial was the firing of the coach. And then this once again comes back to another question is how good is Nick Nurse? Is he a champ? Well, he's won a championship, so now he's considered a championship caliber coach. But would Dwayne Casey have won this year with this Toronto squad? I'm not so sure because but why is that? I, I think I think Nick, Nick Nurse is at least better as a defensive tactician because you notice how whenever there was no Thompson, a box no, and one. Yeah, they throw throws a box and one. Nah, that no, really you can say the that's a defensive te- neck technician. I mean, that's a fifth grader <laughs> call there. I mean, I don't know, Frank. You really gonna say he, he was? Woo, man, that that man, that was some. That was intuitive of of of, of him to just put in a box and one. Oh, ooh, hey, it worked. Ooh, wee. Yeah, yeah. It well, did. I mean, yeah, Give him credit. Kawhi Leonard, that helps. Yeah, and plus, yeah, plus he ended up having Leonard to put on Steph Curry. He didn't slow him down. Yeah, I think Dwayne Casey would have won the championship if he had Kawhi Leonard. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's similar to that Tyron Lue kind of, kind of like David Black inheriting kind of LeBron James is kind of right. Like Mark Jackson David, putting in the work. Right, that's right. Mark Jackson. Right, with Mark squad. Mark Jackson had this warrior squad. Steve Kirk came in. And like I said, I'm not taking anything away from Steve Kirk. I think he's a hell of a coach. But could Mark Jackson have won some championships with that warrior squad? Absolutely. I think he could have won at least one. Maybe Only more. one. 
Eh, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'll say you would have won at least. I'll, I'll say two at minimum. So, like I said, this is something you get the mull over because think about it. It's just like the Phil Jackson, Doug Collins thing. Doug Collins was there for the foundation of the Bulls. He was there. He was there. And then they were like, you're not getting past the Pistons. We need to get brand Phil Jackson. Now, Phil Jackson's first year, they didn't get past the Pistons. They all went all the way to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals in ninety. But then, as we know, after that, the rest was history for Phil Jackson. Now he's known as a championship, multi-championship level coach. But is it really coaching or is it just the right opportunity, right time, and right situation? Yeah, I think it's kind of all things coming together. And then also taking into account, LeBron went to L.A. Has LeBron gone to L.A. two seasons ago? You know, who knows what, what Yeah, it that is but true. Yeah, if all two, the then. Right. If LeBron does go to uh, – but I don't think they win the championship, though. I don't think Toronto would. I, I mean, you're not going to – let's yeah. face it, DeMar DeRozan's not going to get you a championship. And, and, and Kyle Lowry's inconsistency just wasn't going to get you a championship. So you need a Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this year was a perfect storm, and Dwayne Casey is looking, kind of watching it on TV like – what what's so special about Nick Nurse? Like what what differently did Nick Nurse do other than the boxing one that Dwayne Casey couldn't have done with Juan Leonard and Pascal Siakam and some some of the big kind of gamble trades with Marcus Saul? With sure ownership would have done some of that had Dwayne Casey been like, hey, we need some depth in terms of our size. What about this though, Dwayne Casey? Did make did make the playoffs with the Pistons, and, and unfortunately, Blake Griffin had that injury. They got pretty much embarrassed by the Bucks, but the Bucks embarrassed a lot of teams their first couple rounds. And then the the first two games against Toronto, they did pretty well. And then Toronto swept them four straight games. That's where you start to wonder: Was Nick Nurse really the X factor? If Nick Nurse went to the Pistons instead of Dwayne Casey, would the Pistons be a better team? I don't think so. You don't? No. Why is that? I just don't know what his kind of philosophy is. And and plus, the roster makeup of the Pistons was a lot worse than in Toronto. Pistons don't have a Kawhi Leonard type of player. So basically what you're you're saying is is that it's more about talent. Because me and Frank talked about this as I've heard that in hockey, some people say that the the coaching doesn't matter. It's more or less what the players do while they're on their shift. And I think it's a, people, it's a it's a it's a mix of both. So basically, doing boxing ones or what? What's some What are some coaching things that they can do in hockey? Is there any defensive strategies they can do to, to slow up a team? Or I mean, probably some teams will run a neutral zone trap. Happen run a one or do a. One or do a one three one trap. I've seen that's I've seen a bunch of a bunch of funky defenses. It's usually if it but it really depends on what your personnel is, how much speed you have, how much size you have. Yeah, it was a lot of interesting questions that came up through this series. But once again, congratulations to the Raptors. Final thoughts, uh David. Um I may be at the championship parade on Monday, and how I'll let Drake know that. Well, I mean, Toronto's only not too far of a drive for me. Oh, that's right. And you have a, your passport, don't you? Yep. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you you hang out. You actually you hang out in Toronto a lot. You were hanging out in Toronto a lot in this past year. Yeah, I've been. I was up in Toronto. I was up in the sticks a little bit mm. here there, but yeah. Weren't you trying to get? You were trying to get. A, you were trying to get. We a, all know Drake's going to say something, right? It's just a matter of how he's, long is he going to talk. Well, he's dropping two hot tracks because of this championship. You you going to get on that, Frank? Yeah, possibly. Okay, good. Now, David, weren't you trying to look for a church up there? At one point, but it was more just hang out. Oh, okay. Oh, David, hanging out up there in the six. Final thoughts, uh, Frank? Well, I will say that now that the regular season's over, I think this this offseason for, for the NBA is going to be pretty interesting. Not really. I think the two main cogs that are going to make it interesting are injured. Durant's out. I mean, he's going to be out for a year. So no matter I if he know. signs with the Warriors or he signs I with s- anyone else, I which- still think there's going to be there could be a team that offers him 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 a max deal. What's going to be interesting is and take a wild guess what I'm thinking in my head, fellas. I there there's an interesting signing. There's a team that's going after someone. And they want him, and they're offering big money to leave the current locations he's at. Who is Kyrie Irving? No. Because they're saying he's going to sign in Brooklyn because he just switched to Rock Nation to to represent him. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you guys are going to guess this one. I'll be real honest with you. I don't think you can guess this one. it's 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 a hard one, but it's someone... That's. I, I'll tell you this: the team has offered him ten million dollars to leave. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about now. Who? Masai Ujiri being offered ten million by the Washington Wizards to go run their basketball operations and part ownership. Well, not just that, yes, and part ownership. Yeah, that too. Now it gets a little spicy because before you did a rental player with Kawhi Leonard, what if you say, you know what, I'm out of here too, Kawhi Zia, peace. That that'll be interesting too. I mean, look, that's a, I mean, Grant, that's a definite upgrade over Ernie Grunfeld, who was a joke. Well, once again, this comes. We, we've talked about this on the show before. Was it really Ernie Grunfield that was the joke, or was it really management above him that was the joke? Because this is the thing that happens. You know, Washington's offering all this. You got to remember, you're cash strapped with John Wall, who suffered Achilles yeah, injury. John Wall died. Right. I don't know. Where are you coming up with? Who, who, where'd you get this? Where'd you get that bit off of? He died. You said that about Kevin Durant earlier. He died. Where, where'd you get that off? Of? You swagger jacked that off of something. That's for me to know and you to find out. Oh, Lord. Yeah, a little harsh to say they died. But let's face it, John Wall is not in the same category as uh, Kevin Durant. Your cash strap, he, and he uses a lot of his athletic ability, so I don't know if he'll ever be the same player ever again. At least Kevin Durant is tall and can shoot, so at least he can be uh, effective. But Washington hasn't been known to have the, 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 the best of owners either. Yeah, I've mentioned Ted Leonsis. A Poland, I well, no, was it who was who owned them before that? I'm not sure. I know Leah Leonsis is their current owner right now, right. and so they can offer him the cash and the money, 
I mean, he his pockets are getting fatter, but I want to see what you're going to do. You, you have Bradley Beal, but once again, you got a contract there that, and no one's going to trade for John Wall after an Achilles injury. No, I mean, if, if the only way that anyone would take on that contract, like I said, if it was someone like a Kevin Durant, I mean, all world player. Other than that. So if they really think, if Washington really thinks that he can build a championship team like he did in Toronto after the experiment, I mean, I I would say he is the best GM ever in life. Well, yeah, you can say that. Because he's going to have to do a lot of finagling. Yep. Yeah, my thing is if someone's offering you $10 million, it's like, I'm surprised he hasn't already signed and everyone's just kind of keeping it under wraps until after the parade. Because, I mean, how many how many chances or opportunities do you get to have part ownership stake in an NBA franchise? But it's also and then Washington. also being able to have head operations. Of, basically, they're looking for him to repeat in Washington what they did in Toronto. He almost wasn't able to, even to celebrate with his team at, at Golden State. You hear that story? Yeah, I heard about that. So, yeah, once again, very interesting, but we're going to wrap it up here on, on the NBA subject and then get into our next subject, and that is stinky leg alerts. Another one. But we've talked about it here on this show. Is it really good sportsmanship, or is it just a good old-fashioned butt whooping? We'll find out after this. Also, make sure you listen to us on our podcast on After Further Review through SoundCloud and on iTunes, you know, on iTunes is just after further review with a picture of Frank Bashner in the horse's head. Same as well with SoundCloud. Get the SoundCloud app or just go on iTunes and uh, look us up. Make sure you give us a rating on iTunes so then it can circulate around and subscribe to us because every time we load upload a show, you get a notification on your iPhone. I believe Frank's an iPhone user. I'm an iPhone user. We bit into the Apple or a.k.a. the Forbidden Fruit. And David is an Android user, right? Yeah. Yep, never Team Apple. Yeah. Never Team Apple? Never Team Apple. Boo. You are terrible. You are a horrible individual. Anyway, we'll rock on out of the NBA basketball segment here with one of the best NBA themes. So what is it? Round Ball what? Round Ball Rock. Round Ball Rock from John Tesh. When we return... We got us a stanky leg alert here on 88.3 WXUT. After further review, live on the radio and also on the stream.